You're listening to an exclusive soundbite series brought to you by Wired for Wonder, a proud innovation by Combank and The Moment HQ. Prepare yourself as we take you on a mini journey to reignite your curiosity, foster wonderment, and send creativity bustling through your veins. Hello and welcome to the Wired for Wonder and The Moment HQ soundbite series. I'm your host, Monica Cade. Today we're chatting with Ant Williams. He is a freediver who can hold his breath for eight minutes underwater using just one breath with no tanks. And he can dive 100 metres down into the ocean and safely return to the surface. And what's really cool about this is that Ant didn't begin freediving until he was 30. He was working as a sports psychologist coaching big wave surfers, race car drivers, rock climbers and other risk takers on how to break through mental barriers when he realised he hadn't done anything risky himself, which was an epiphany that led to freediving and overcoming the struggle to equalise the body while it is under extreme pressure. So let's find out more. Hey Ant, thanks for joining me. Nice to be here, thanks. I love the world of freediving because for those of us who don't do it, it's just a remarkable sport when you learn about it and blows your mind to know what the human body is capable of. So I'd love to know how has freediving changed your ideas around what you're capable of? Oh, thank you. Well, I might actually just start by explaining what freediving is, because most people actually think that freediving is jumping off cliffs. But <laughs> what it in fact is, is it's when you go out into the ocean, uh, normally on a quite a large boat, you run ropes deep into the water. And it's a competition to see who can reach the greatest depth in the ocean on a single breath of air, make it all the way back to the surface without blocking, uh, without blacking out. Mm. So it's a very unusual sport. It's it's a fringe sport, and and look, it is um, it is an extreme sport as well. So it's difficult sometimes to explain to people why you might get into a sport like this. But the thing with I think any extreme sport is it teaches you so much about yourself. Because you have to put yourself through a lot of um, fear, often a lot of discomfort, in order to succeed in a sport like this. And that teaches you a great deal of self-awareness, self-control, and the ability to remain very calm under what is potentially quite life-threatening fear and, and challenges. Can you tell us, you know, why this all became so interesting for you and why you went down this path? Well, I used to work as a sports psychologist full-time, and my athletes were predominantly doing some quite dangerous, quite extreme things. And I I reached the point where I just thought, man, I'm a fraud. Here I am teaching them how to scream around a racing track faster, take off on larger waves or jump off cliffs, and yet I've never succeeded in any sport myself, let alone a dangerous sport. Mm -hmm. So I thought... The way to really connect with my athletes would be if I found a dangerous sport, took it up, and just got to a level of competence so that if I was working with an athlete and they said, hey, you know this feeling that you get just before doing this? And I could could actually relate to them. I go, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and here's how I deal with it. So that was my main driver. It just so happened that where I was living – the the best sport that I could find that really fit the bill was the sport of – of free diving. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that your perspective on life has changed since you started free diving? 
Yes, I do. It's made me a lot more adventurous. It's made me take more positive, calculated risk in life. And I think that has a number of really significant benefits. When it comes to things like how you manage change, how you how you approach investment, how you simply structure for yourself a fun and adventurous life, all of these things teach you so much about yourself. They, they help to build confidence and calm. I just believe in a life constant learning. And the way I like to learn is through adventure and through taking positive risk. And you also, I've watched one of your interviews and you talk about when we stay within the comfort zone, we don't grow and things are just easy and safe. Can you tell me more about this? Yeah, well, I used to really believe that we were at our happiest when we're really content and really comfortable. But it appears that that's just not the truth. Like the greatest moment of of happiness comes when we set a really significant challenge for ourselves, one that has a real purpose in our lives, and we overcome that challenge. But that always revolves around us sitting in some discomfort and, and dealing with our fears. And when you do that, it just does teach you a great deal about yourself because you go through so many different emotions. You, you know, you, you rub up against the things that challenge you the most in life. And and I think that that leads just to such a great uh, deal of just, just more sort of self-awareness and, and presence in who you are and how you cope with the things that are genuinely challenging for you in your life. And now you've got this beautiful... I'm going to call it a philosophy almost, where you talk about pain and discomfort and they're both very different things. And you say to live a life of discomfort is what you seek rather than, you know, the pain. Can you talk on the difference between the two? Look, I... I found out that in my sport, a lot of people would sort of say to me before dives, oh, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be really frightening. You're going down to say 50 meters. Oh my God, that's going to be so scary. Well, good luck with that. And I hope it's not too painful. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, free diving is not supposed to be painful, but it is. really uncomfortable and if you think about doing anything where you think that there's pain involved well then naturally you want to stop because if there's pain there it means you're doing yourself harm but if you reframe some of those challenges around it just being uncomfortable then how much discomfort am I prepared to put up with in order to get an amazing result or get a new record in my sport look, I'm prepared to put up a hell of a lot of discomfort. And as soon as you start thinking about it in those terms, you unlock so much new potential. It also helps to relax the body because if you think about pain, your body, you know, contracts and your mind closes. And when you think about discomfort, you know, that seems manageable and you feel like, you know, yeah, I I can deal with discomfort. So it's a really great way to look at all of our challenges, I think. I agree. And I think you know, a big part of doing a sport that is so scary is that you need to reframe what you do so that you reduce your stress, you reduce your anxiety, uh, and you, you as much as possible try to increase your resilience. And so if you've got a lot of negative self-talk around things like being painful or, or scary or, um, or frightening, then it tends to hold you back from being able to succeed and to push ahead in your sport. So this is one of the areas I've done a lot of work in is around how do I reframe my challenge so that I actually place it in a very positive light. It's actually no different to what we have to do when we rub up against challenges in life. Mm. Can you share with the listeners maybe one action that they could apply to their lives that would help them reframe a challenge that they may have? Yeah. 
So one of the one of the best things uh, I've been toying around with in my sport is looking at a large challenge and breaking it down into its smaller chunks. Mm-hmm. So that if um, I'll give you an example for my sport. So if I had to hold my breath and swim for 200 meters in a swimming pool on one breath, which I certainly don't recommend to anyone mm-hmm. um, without a lot of training and supervision, but nevertheless, this is something that we do in training. Then rather than just thinking about, okay, I've got a 200 meter swim in front of me. As soon as I think like that, I go, oh my goodness, that is so far. Am I going to be able to do it today? It's going to be so uncomfortable. So what I do is I break it down into 50 meter swims. First 50 meters I think of is just a nice relaxing warm up. And I literally think no further ahead than just that 50 meters. And as I'm swimming it, I say to myself, just relax. It's only the warm up. Once I get to 50, then I say to myself, okay, it's going to start to get a bit uncomfortable. Just start to sharpen up your technique. And when I get to 100 meters, I say something different to myself that's more encouraging, and it's about maybe speeding up. Then at 150 meters, all I'm saying to myself is, this is a fantastic swim. You've only got 50 meters left. How good have you done on this swim? So everything is is placed in a really positive frame. Everything is only a short little chunk of time that I'm thinking about, and that means that I can break down what's otherwise really quite a challenging uh, task into these very small manageable components. Now, when we do that in real life, such as I've got to get up on a stage and make a speech, or I've got to give my, I've got to give this person some difficult feedback, uh, I've got to give a speech at a wedding, mm. any of these things, if you can just chunk it down into these smaller parts, get your mind around what I'm going to say to myself at each of these in order to manage my way through it, it often gets so much easier. That's such great it's such a great tip because so often the critic in our head is quite nasty. And so those words of encouragement I can feel for myself already that that would be so supportive with whatever it is that I'm trying to do. You're absolutely right. And if one of the if I can offer a second tip as well as to when you are doing things that challenge you, sit down afterwards and make a little list of the of all the thoughts that were running through your mind and what you were saying to yourself. And normally it's quite horrifying. You sit down and you write a list of maybe six to eight things and the majority of them will be really negative. Like Mm. you can't do this. You should stop doing this. Someone else is better than you at this. You've never been good at this. And when you look at it, you go, oh my God, how how did I even succeed in this? Given (laughs) that I was saying all this terrible stuff to myself. Becoming aware of what you say to yourself is the first step. Mm -hmm. The second step is being able to stop that voice. And then the third step is to be able to replace each of those negative things with something really positive that sets you up for success. Perfect. It's something that all the listeners can tuck away in their pocket and give it a go next time they're facing their challenge. Thank you. Now, can you tell me what do you love about Wired for Wonder? I am so excited to be coming to Wired for Wonder this year. Uh, It's just an amazing event. I've had the real privilege of speaking for some large audiences and some really amazing events in the past sort of five or six years, but none of them really quite stacks up to the size and the and the um, just the hype, the vibe around Wired for Wonder. It's an event that has so much energy and investment placed into it over a long period of time, but no one ever sees that, right? You just see this incredible event on the day. Mm. The speakers who are coming along, so I feel like I get to rub shoulders with some amazing people (laughs) and 
And they also, I, I also know that going to an event like Wired for Wonder that I get to connect with the audience and spend time with them as well. So all of that means that I'm just, I don't know, it's just this, this excitement around Wired for Wonder where you really get to have quite a special, uh, for me, what's a, what is a week because I get to do Sydney as well as Melbourne. Woohoo! Well, yeah, it would be very <laughs> exciting. I look forward to hearing you speak. Thank you very much. I can't wait and uh, look forward to seeing you and everyone else there. All right. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure.